0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of MMA Geeks, the C level podcast with my friend Nick Braccia and myself, Stan Juraev. We're here to break down UFC Fight Night 144 Sun versus Moraes 2 from Fortaleza, Brazil. Uh, Nick, we, we do, I think, have to get in a little bit to the last card because you kind
1: of whooped my ass. <laughs> I was close. Unfinished business, yeah.
0: And, and, and it, was the, it was the two girl fights that did it for you. Um, I, I have to do some studying. I have to do some well, catching up on women's MMA, apparently.
1: Well, no, they were very close fights. I, I thought that JoJo um, looked great having moved up in weight and going to syndicate to train. I thought she looked terrific in her fight before this. I'm forgetting who that was against right now. Um, and the queen, the queen of violence, looked like she had some octagon jitters, uh, to be honest. But JoJo JoJo brought it to her. And the the Paige fight, I was scared at the beginning because I, I picked Paige to win based on her raw athleticism. I don't know, if you know how to call it. Just her her will to win, her toughness, and. Uh, she got severely outclassed, uh, especially right. from a technical perspective, in the first round, and then in the second round, she literally muscled her way to uh, you know to that submission. But her technique was—I mean, she did Pretty I did difficult. not. Fe- I did not feel like she deserved to win that fight. I just think she was stronger.
0: Uh, what, what I'm what I'm realizing about both of those fighters now that I have uh, seen them compete, Rachel Ostovich and Ra- Paige Van Zandt, is that Van Zandt will persevere. She, that girl has heart. She survived for five rounds with, with Rose Namajunas, where very few people can can kind of say that they uh, that they can survive against Rose that long. Anyway, um, Rachel has a good ground game, but she falls apart in that second round almost every single fight. And uh, Paige Van Zandt is headstrong and perseveres, and that's exactly what she did in that bout. Um, the other bout, yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I really Uh, Put a lot of weight on Ariane Lipsky's athleticism versus Joanne Calderwood. And Joanne, being the veteran that she is, I've underestimated her once again. And uh, she did her thing. Ariana looks very limited. She made no attempt to get up off her back. Um, Very good picks on your your end. And I feel like you tend to go more for the veterans. And certainly that was the card where that really came through in a big way. Even though you and I both picked Hernandez. It almost didn't a
1: couple times because Glover... Glover was oh, more kidding. out than TJ was. You
0: are not kidding, Glover. Uh, Glover, I'm, I'm convinced. By the way, with those with those uh, elbows, uh, that what's his name became the elbow? Travis Brown elbows. The Travis Brown elbows. I'm pretty sure he knocked them out and woke come back up again with multiple with multiple strikes. And there. the ref just
1: had a poor position. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, insanity. Obviously, the, the the finish. What are your thoughts about the Dillashaw Sehudo finish?
1: Not at all what I expected. Um, I think that. I listened to Big John McCarthy talk about it, and he thinks it was an early stoppage, and that you have different rules for every fight, and who's in there, and the stakes. It was not the worst stoppage I've ever seen I agree. for a quote super fight and a title fight. I would have liked to have seen it go on for one or two more strikes, uh, so that TJ would. TJ wanted to go out on his go out on his shield, and he didn't quite go out on his shield. I do believe that with the precision of Sahuda's attacks that TJ would have been slept in the next three to five seconds. There's nothing to that takedown. TJ had had no idea where he was, is my opinion.
0: I'll be honest with you. I think TJ did the absolute right thing, making a huge deal out of it. If TJ would have stayed quiet and said nothing about it, No, almost no one would have discussed the fact that it's a late stoppage. Like, a lot of fighters miss out on that. That's an opportunity. I think TJ botched the handling of that, though, by clearly being a sore loser. It's the talk, sorest of losers. Making it sound as if like they were standing across from each other, nothing happened, and the referee stopped the fight in, in Cejudo's favor. Cejudo looked sharp as heck early on. But one thing that that I've learned uh, over the years, and, and it's the same thing for McGregor versus Aldo back in the day, is that... The guy that gets an early knockout is not necessarily the better fighter. Um, I don't know that Cejudo is the better fighter. I know that he's faster than TJ, and I know TJ can get caught early. I I, I have I've have, uh, I TJ claimed that he had like a single leg, and Cejudo was was defending when it was stopped. That is not the case, sir. Uh, he was getting he was getting hit, but but. Yeah, I would have, I would have liked for it to, to maybe last a few more seconds. Certainly not as egregious as T.J. makes it sound. It, it sounds as if T.J. W- just lost a horrible decision when you hear him speak about it. Um, I think Cejudo's speed, his his, his mental prowess, he's had confidence. He just pushed T.J. down as as T.J. kind of ran into his first blitz. Clearly, Cejudo Gabe Landford was ready for it. Pushed him back, uh, landed that head kick. It seemed like everything Cejudo was throwing uh, was with a purpose. It wasn't just random combos. It was about where T.J.'s head was about to be. And that's why he had a pretty high percentage. Um, he looked great. I would love to see that fight last a little bit longer to figure out which is the better fighter though. Yeah,
1: his preparation was terrific. And I, you know, I don't think it's a sort of situation like Kane JDS, where Kane went down early and then proved over the next nine or 10 rounds that he was the better fighter by beating JDS from pillar to post. Uh, but I, I'm very interested in what's next for both guys. And the rest of the card was entertaining. Uh, curious as to who Gillespie's going. That went exactly as we thought it would. Benavidez, Ortiz. Although, Bianchi
0: defended takedowns way longer than I thought. But you're right. He, he, he did. He took over it, and did his thing in that second round. Uh,
1: Cerrone with the grit. Like, Cerrone. after taking a lot of shots early, that was one of the one of the greatest, toughest performances Agreed. I've seen. Uh, well, one of I've the seen.
0: fights that I had in mind uh, when thinking about the hernandez Cerrone matchup was the Cerrone-Alvarez fight back in the day, and this went very, very similarly. I, I just didn't think, that, uh, I, I didn't think that it was the same Cerrone. And we do have to factor in, he couldn't throw those same knees uh, against the much taller, much bigger opponents at 170, but we forgot about that step left knee. That is a really it effective looked technique. Terrific. That guy, fantastic guy. And
1: Hernandez looked, looked strong, fast, young, extremely athletic, and he was going to Cerrone's body the way that we knew he would. And landing, and Donald just bit down on the mouthpiece, and threw down with the kid, and he broke before,
0: yeah, Donald did. Uh, Donald is a slow starter. He showed that, and and Hernandez just uh, w- once the, the the going got really tough, uh, and he was not only getting pressured but taking damage. Uh, things slowly fall apart for him as Cerrone got more and more confident over the course of that fight. Um, uh, I do also want to talk about uh, talk about the Bilal Muhammad versus Neal fight. Joff Neal, I Very think, has arrived. I agree. Bilal Muhammad is a legit, legit stand-up fighter. He's a legit overall fighter, but he's a legitimate stand-up fighter. He doesn't have a whole lot of power, but he will outstrike a good number of guys in that uh, 170-pound division. Joff Neal looked fantastic. It was his fight. He it, it, he he did almost whatever he wanted without Bilal Muhammad, uh of course, just kind of giving in and letting himself get finished. Bilal, at the end, though, was really going for broke. I'd love to see that as well. Looking forward to seeing both of these guys compete. Um, special mention to Dennis Bermudez, who retired with a nice win over Tay Edwards uh, that night. Um, really glad to see him go off in, a, in kind of a positive light.
1: Agreed. Mohammed it was one of those fights where I couldn't believe he kept coming back. And he fought like, uh, pardon the hyperbole, he felt like he was willing to die in there. Yeah. I just wonder, it's one of those losses though, where physically I wonder, I'm curious to see his next fight. Because it, it's not that he took such a, such a beating necessarily. I was just like... That seemed like the kind of fight that snatches a bit of your soul to me. I think for Muhammad specifically,
0: his mental uh, his mental strength is one of his biggest, biggest strengths. For, yeah. for, for, the sake of, uh, for the sake of using the same word, one of his biggest strengths uh, in the sport. And I think that if anybody can come back and continue to win... Uh, against the right competition, it's Bilal Muhammad. That guy does not have an off switch in his mind. He will train through Ramadan. He will fight during Ramadan. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's legit. I, I respect the guy. Joff Neal is a serious prospect in my mind now. Quick mention to Corey Sanhagen, who didn't look as good as I expected him to look in, in that one round bout against the relatively inexperienced Mario Batista. But Corey Sanhagen, again, legit prospect, somebody I have my eye on for the future.
1: Great. Well, let's talk about this upcoming card that's going on on Saturday. Asuncao vs. Marais 2 out of Fortaleza, Brazil. This main event is a rematch, a uh, very uh, closely fought, disputed split decision. Most of the online uh, media gave the fight uh, to Marais. Right. And Asuncao is one of those guys who always fights tough and fights close, but he finds himself in a lot of split decisions. And he gets most of them.
0: He's almost always on the right side of those decisions, including against Dillashaw.
1: Including against Dillashaw, and he's been at a couple of different weight classes, but he's had tremendous success uh, in the bantamweight division. With his only loss being the th- the thirty twenty seven all the way through so at U- UFC two hundred against against TJ. And I don't remember a uh, looking bad in that fight at all. Uh, Marais has come on lately. He. Uh, You know he was in World Series of Fighting, and he's, you know, he was fighting against lesser competition there. He had some great highlight reel finishes, and like a lot of fighters, his UFC career started off a little slow. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look like a world beater necessarily. He was in his very first fight. He was his fight against the Sun Tzu, which he fought well, and then he had the very close split decision. He won against uh, John Dodson, but it's really the last two fights uh, where when he put down. Sterling with an evil, evil knee, yeah. And then he just floored Jimmy Rivera last summer. I did not in a in a very short amount of time, thirty three seconds. I did not see that coming. I'm a big fan of uh, of Jimmy Rivera, and he's a uh, Marais is a guy who trains with I believe Mark Henry, yep, and Ed Ricardo Almeida, and, yep. and that means he's sparring most likely with uh, with Frankie Edgar and Edson okay. Barbosa. Yep, those guys are very close. From what I understand, and his Marais is has great timing and sick power. But right now he's coming up against a guy who's a smart fighter, great counter puncher, and a dude with a pretty good chin. He's gotten... When was the last time that, uh, that Asensio got KO'd? was against Eric Koch, of all people.
0: Back in 2011.
1: Yeah, back in 2011 at 145.
0: Yep, that's, oh, so, that's right. It was at a higher rate. So, rate and the, I don't... he's a big, big guy. And I remember,
1: got, I remember he got choked out years ago by Uriah Faber, but... Sun Tzu don't really get finished. So you're coming up, you've gotta, you got a guy uh, who's been finishing guys quickly with devastating power against a, a, a guy who's been unfinishable at 135. And TJ's got some fire. So over the course of six rounds with TJ Dillashaw, I don't really remember seeing a Sun Tso on, you know, on Goofy Street.
0: Uh, I don't either. Uh, a sun was tough to hit. The thing about a sun was he can be hit with the hands. I think that Marlon Morais reached him a couple of times, but his kicking defense, because of his distance and footwork, mm-hmm. that's tough to that's tough to get around. And Mairice tends to get knockouts with his lower body, not with his hands so much. He can land with his hands, right. but his power is in those explosive hips and those knees and those kicks. You were saying, sorry.
1: So I've had this is one where I've really vacillated on the pick. Because for the sake of the division and the fact that uh, since I been around for a long time, I don't think he's a championship caliber fighter. He doesn't get a lot of finishes. I think he's right at that level, just below. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And we've got Morais who floored these two top contenders, particularly Rivera, who I think is a much a much savvier uh, fighter than Sterling. Agreed. And uh, you know, a, a chance to have a uh, firepower. Uh, fight against you know against TJ potentially. I'm more interested in seeing Marais against against Dillashaw I would personally. Love to say that, yeah. So, but at the same time, even though I want to I want to pick Marais, I f- don't feel like there's anything from their first fight where he's going to be able to figure it out or do anything much differently. So I think, oh boy, <laughs> it, it you know a, what? A tough it's, a, it's a tough one to pick because it's five rounds. Um, <laughs> If it was a three-round fight, I would pick a Sun Cao. I would pick a Sun Cao by decision. Excuse me. Instead, I'm going to say Marais gets a, gets a knockout in the fourth round.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one for me to pick. I initially thought uh, Marais because I felt that he won that first bout. Um, watching it again, I can see why it was competitive. I, I think Marais was actually outlanding Sun Sao more than the strike numbers uh, represented. Mm. Um, I, I think that a lot a lot of their strikes they, they look like they could have landed and they could have not and there's a lot of credit given at the wrong times in that in that, in that sense I will say though the one time that I saw one of these fighters buzz the other it was when a Cao landed his right hand I believe in that uh, late in that first round in mm-hmm. fact argument could be made that he may have taken that first round that very close first round based on that one right hand alone outside of that he may have landed a, an accidental left kick to the nuts which obviously wasn't intentional uh, he buzzed. Uh, he, he buzzed uh, uh, Marais with that one right hand. He's mm-hmm. since then knocked out uh, the, the opponent that he had right after him, who was Matthew Lopez, with the right hand. Right. And then he several times hurt Rob Font did. with the right hand. So he's coming into his own with his, with, with his uh, uh, stand-up offense. He's clearly he is.
1: I felt like Font walked into a lot of stuff in that fight. coming doubt. No, no, he's, he's a pressure He's a pressure guy, and he was extremely confident following his dismantling of Thomas Almeida. Yep. And he, it was one of those, you have a big victory, and then your next fight is like, oh, it's just. It, a little bit too brave for yeah, it. Yeah, was exactly. It was a little too brave for his own good. And I don't think he realized the, the step up in competition. Yeah. How good and how savvy a Sun is versus a wild brawler like uh, Almeida. Uh,
0: I agree. I, I think a Sun Tau keeps getting underestimated, whether it, be, whether it be by analysts or by his opponents. Um, I actually was going to pick a Sun uh, You You, you picked Marlon.
1: I did. I picked you know him what? in the fourth. I, I was will, going back and forth. I will and go forth. with the
0: Sunsail uh, just, just for the sake of uh, just for, just sake for of the sake of competition. Yeah. I think it's a pick 'em bout. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Sunsail by decision because I, I think he's going to get harder to hit as the fight goes, not mm-hmm. easier. I will say though, Bryce has been has gone five rounds with much lower competition, lower level competition yes. several times. Sunsail never had the chance to do that. The question has to be asked: How will he perform in that fourth and fifth round? Mm-hmm. So, you've got uh, Marais uh, by late knockout, and I've yep. got a Sun Tso by a very close decision. Quite frankly, the, uh, one of the few ways that he's able to win. I will say, though, Sun Tsao has a shot at landing that right hand and, and her- hurting and or finishing Morais. He's been doing it more consistently. He's much more confident in it. Uh, he, he steps into a great range and hits at it just the right spot on the jaw. Um, so, yeah, I've got a Sun Tso because, oddly enough, I think he has a chance at a decision and even potentially a, a finish.
1: Well, he certainly can walk into this fight with tremendous confidence because over the last 10 years, he's fought the best of the best.
0: That dude is confident, but super careful. You're right about that. Not yeah. too confident for his own good, right. like we were just saying about Font. You're absolutely right.
1: So the next fight, tell us about uh, Jose Aldo Jr., formerly known as Scarface, against Connell.
0: By the way, was he ever really known as Scarface? Yeah, I think he was. I think I think In yeah, WC. WC days. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aldo versus... Uh, uh, for me, this is a really tough fight to pick. Very tough. Um, It's it's tough for me to go against Aldo because he looked spectacular even in those losses against uh, um, against Matthew. uh, I'm sorry. uh, Against Max Holloway. Against Max Holloway. Excuse me. Um, He looked really good in the early portion of that fight. And Max Holloway is arguably the best fighter on the planet. Two or three worst case, I think. And, and he looked really good early on and he looked sharper and he looked quicker and he was landing harder. Um, I think that Moicano Moicano is not quite as clean technically as as Halloway. Uh, Holloway. I don't think that he is as uh, I don't think that he's as confident in his uh, resume thus far against a guy like Aldo. Um, especially in Brazil, what Aldo, anyway, you put it, is about as big a star as Aldo is going to be anywhere. Um, I'm giving the edge to Aldo because he will take the first half of this bout um, and, and make an imprint on, on the judges enough so that, that that last round that he loses won't matter as much. Um, I think Aldo is still the best fighter on the entire planet in the first five minutes of any bout, and, and that'll make a difference. I think uh, I'm hoping that Aldo's damage will rack up on Cornero a little bit, although I would love to see Cornero do well. Um, Tough to pick against uh, Aldo for me in this one.
1: Yeah, three round fight for for Jose Aldo. Which, which is, by the which way, is, he insisted upon. Yes, I know. Uh, and I think it was a smart move. Rewatching the work he did against Jeremy Stevens and going back to, I guess, the second Chad Mendez fight, um, which took place before he he, he tuned up Edgar. But uh, Aldo just, tra- you know, tra- he's traded a lot. He traded heavy with Stevens, he traded with Mendez. His head movement looked really good against Stevens, and Stevens yeah, is a big Stevens a big guy for 145, and and Aldo uh, was very precise and and got him with that body shot. The the thing I mean Aldo's still only 32 years old. The what, what's really I think um, impacting his success at 145 is he used to be massive for 145. True. And now he looks small. Like three of his last four fights are against guys are, that are 5'11". Right. Well, this, this fight, Meccano is 5'11". I believe Max is about 5'11". But Max is
0: right around six feet, just under if anything. And
1: up. Jose Aldo is 5'7". Is he's broad bad. and he's strong, but it's... The, so he's got, you know, the weight cutting is different. The conditioning is different. Aldo's been doing this for a long time. And even though he's only 32, he's from a different generation of guys. And the 145ers are, you know, he used to, he used to muscle them. Yeah. He used to be able to sprawl and brawl almost everybody. Yeah. And he does not have a size advantage and his speed isn't quite what it was. All that said, I haven't seen anything from Moicano from to lead me to believe that he's going to be able to land with the frequency or the power to put him down. I don't think he's going to put Aldo down the way that the way that Max did with an accumulation of punishment in those two fights, and Aldo survived massive bombs from Mendez, yeah. who I think hits a lot friggin' harder. Yes, um, but I think, is,
0: but in my opinion, never was quite as good a fighter as Holloway or even no, not as a good fighter.
1: I just think in terms of risks, Take risks to shots. Aldo. Yeah. Um, so what I what I think's most l- likely to happen is, you know, Jeremy Stevens is not an easy guy to finish. No sir. So I, I believe that Aldo is gonna is gonna put him down in the second or third round.
0: Aldo by finish. That's Aldo I by finish.
1: It. In Aldo by finish in Brazil, we will see a, a flip off of the cage, and we'll see him running around like a maniac. I think I think Aldo turns back the clock and and fi- gets the finish.
0: Would be pr- pretty great. There's actually more. Uh, Something to your argument here is that he insisted on this being a three-round bout. Yes. Uh, maybe, he wants to, maybe he wants to just freely expend some energy and, and, and really go for that finish. It would be great to see Aldo get a win over such a young prospect. But I will say, uh, Renato Cornero is, is legit. Uh, I, I think he smoked a couple of guys that nobody really smokes, except maybe Aldo back in the day. And um, he tuned
1: up Ortega until he didn't.
0: True, which, to be fair, everybody... Everybody everybody except Frankie Everybody except yeah. Frankie
1: Edder, the best the best boxer maybe in the division, tuned up Ortega. Well, I guess Edgar was doing well, okay. I, yeah,
0: Edgar, Edgar was looking but, a little but, bit better than Ortega, but it was such a short fight yeah. where it's hard to gauge. Um, um, true story. So so next, we got Damian Maia versus Lyman Good. Um, this is I think we
1: know how this ends. Do,
0: tell me please. <laughs>
1: Go for it. Uh, well, I mean good good is a strong fighter. He's been around for a long time. I don't I don't think he's got the the skills of a of a of a Tyron Woodley. Um, or a Colby Covington to resist the Maya backpack, and I think Maya still has enough in the tank to to be the backpack and get good by choke in the first round. I, I, if he doesn't, then I think it's the end of Maya, and that's not a knock on Lyman Good. It's just that the thing that Damien Maya does, he does better than anybody, and there's very very few people who can stop him.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely favor Damien in this one. I don't think Lyman Good. Uh, is nearly on the level of guys like Kamara Osman, Colby Covington, Tyron Woodley. These are not only the best three fighters in the division, uh, almost without argument. I think they're they're also the best three wrestlers. They're
1: insane in the wrestlers. Yes, and,
0: and that is key. The the people that Maya loses to tend to be able to negate some of that wrestling. Tend to be able to at least get on top and defend themselves well enough at times. Um, Maya doesn't tend to lose to guys like Good. Right. Um, Maybe guys with his body type, he, he's lost to in the last few bouts. Um, I expect Maya to be able to get that takedown. I don't know if he'll be able to finish him early. Um, it seems like Maya, if he's going to finish you in the first round, you've got to be kind of a long, kind of a slender fighter. Uh, Carlos Condit, uh, Neil Magny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Maya certainly has enough. If he can't get that first round finish, to rat out a couple of rounds and then survive that third round, worst case, to to nab himself a decision. Mm-hmm. Also, this being in Brazil, um, even if it's a competitive fight, which which It could be. Uh, It could kind of shift the other way in in the middle part of that bout. Uh, I expect the judges to hand it to Maya.
1: So what are you thinking about DeBronx against David Tamer?
0: This is a tough pick for me to make. I am a a big believer in David Tamer as a prospect. I Mm -hmm. like the guy a lot. Um, I don't think this is a great style matchup for him, and I don't think it's a great time to fight Charles Oliveira. That's exactly
1: my thinking. Who
0: Charles Oliveira can lose to a higher ranked guy with Tamer's skill set, mm-hmm. uh, but he's gotta kind of lack that confidence. I don't know that he realizes that Tamer as talented as. Uh, 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 I don't think that Charles realizes that Tamer is as talented as he is, which will help Charles. Uh, if he's not intimidated, he's got a much higher likelihood of winning. He's a finisher through and through. His stand-up pressure game right now, I think, has developed to a point where I did not expect uh, over the years. He's really developed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's great at defending those leg kicks. He's, he's got a very kind of classic point style uh, pressure style. Um, I think the way that Charles Oliveira caught uh, Jim Miller's first kick,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, grabbed him around the waist and was able to take him down, I think he'll create such an opportunity against David Tamer, who uses a lot of footwork to get get around, and there's a lot of expended energy in that footwork, and he explodes uh, forward with combos and kicks, which should give Oliveira the opportunity to grab his waist. And if he grabs his waist once, I expect that Oliveira should be able to finish this bout in the first. Uh, As much as I hate to say it about Tamer, um, I have Oliveira in the first round by submission, probably by rear naked choke.
1: It's funny, I have exactly the same pick. Uh, Mostly, and I was just going to look it up because that Jim Miller fight was so, re it was December 15th. Okay, I'm like, why does it seem like I just watched that? Yeah, it was basically just yesterday. That was on the, oh, that was on the amazing Iaquinta versus Lee. That's right. God, what a great fight that was. So it's never been a better time to be Charles Oliveira, who's been around for like a decade now, even though he's still pretty young. Yeah. Uh, fought lots of, you know, lots of top was guys. First fight back in
0: 2008, so yeah, we're we're talking 11-year pro now. Wow! And
1: in the UFC, what was his first UFC fight? First was... UFC
0: bout was a bit later. Uh, we're talking UFC Live 2 Jones versus Matt Ushenko. That is some back in the day. Oh so 2010, goodness. my friend.
1: Against when the janitor was headlining cards.
0: Think of it this way: he, both him and Jones were prospects at the same time at some point. Right. And and and, and Jones being where he is today. Um,
1: but it's it's certainly taken him some time, and he's lost he's lost quite a few fights. But the last few fights, it feels like he is in his prime right now. So this is the as you were as you were suggesting, this is the worst time to fight Bronx. Uh, I think he's going to get the a quick choke or maybe a leg lock in uh, the first round.
0: Same page on that one.
1: The next fight, this is one where I didn't do quite as much research. Johnny Walker
0: yes, Justin Liddell.
1: Is Johnny Walker's nickname Black Label?
0: Uh, he actually—I don't think that's his name. I think he decided uh, to call himself that based on the the actual Scotch brand. Oh, he's like—I'm—I'm I'm fairly certain I uh, wow. saw something like it in every. He's—he's he's quite a character.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. If I were him, if I, I would follow the money and if change my change my name to Proper Twelve or whatever, <laughs> whatever Connors whiskey is. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I, what I can do here is I can follow the odds makers. One, of, this is one of the broadest. Um, he's one of the heaviest favorites, I should say, on the card over Justin uh, Ledet is is Johnny Walker. So I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Mister Walker by uh, by decision.
0: Um, I like Walker in this bout, too. I, I, I was actually very impressed with him in his last bout against Khalil Roundtree. It mm. um, wasn't a very long bout, but the way he—his his confidence level, the way that he kept his distance exactly where he wanted it never allowed Khalil in that couple of minutes that they fought—never right. allowed him to get into Khalil's striking range, where Khalil's really dangerous in that and, boxing and game he
1: was on And he was on a streak when he ran into Walker.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, Khalil's not a well-rounded fighter, but if you no, can knock him out with confidence, he's like impressive.
1: He's like Jimmy Manoa. He's like, yeah. He's got. He's, you know what? He's you know he's coming at you. You know he's I athletic and strong, and he's got a, He's gonna and he hits hard. He can sleep anybody.
0: I I, I agree with you there. Um, I I love the way that Johnny Walker kept his distance exactly where he wanted it when he was ready for the clinch. He grabbed that clinch and landed two beautiful clean knees in a position where you normally expect... I'm sorry, two beautiful clean elbows mm-hmm. and finished the bout in a position that you normally expect knees. Um, I expect that he'll have a big edge here. This is essentially a Muay Thai fighter versus boxer bout. Justin Ledette has an excellent jab. Uh, he's kind of a mid-level of athleticism, fairly athletic guy. Johnny Walker is a different league of athlete, in my opinion. Uh, this is a 6'6", 200-pound athlete who did a backflip after his win over Roundtree in his last bout. Like, that is unheard of. Um, He's also a character. He's got this insane level of confidence, this almost Conor McGregor level of confidence. Um, I think he's got some holes in his game, and I think he's got some developing to do. I don't think that Justin Ledette would be the guy to expose that. I think this is a Mm -hmm. good kind of prospect build-up fight for Johnny Walker. um, I'm curious how much trouble Liddette's jab will give Walker. Uh, Walker can probably land uh, a strike at any point in this bout. and and, and finish it out of nowhere. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Ledet's Jad made this uh, kind of a a long-distance decision. So uh, I've got Walker on this one as well.
1: We're pretty Next. tied up. We've got all the same picks except for the main event, right? That's right. It's, it's uh, a good thing
0: I went the other way from you on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about um, is this, Is Souza versus uh, Froda the last card on the the last bout on the, the main last, card?
0: Yeah, I believe that's the last main card. I don't know that we need to spend a whole lot of time on this one per se. Yeah, the
1: Brazil. I mean, the Brazilian fighter. She's heavily favored. Actually, is Sarah Froda from Brazil? She, I didn't might, look that she up. might be. I, I feel like she it's might. A lot might of Brazil. Be, lot, you know, it's there, a, there's a couple of Brazilian, Brazilian
0: uh, uh, fights which they don't often do. Uh, on these Brazilian cards, they usually like a Brazilian to walk away with a clean victory over a foreigner. Well,
1: her nickname looks like it's in Portuguese, so
0: yeah, oh, 100%. yeah, that sounds pretty Portuguese to me. Um, so, from what I understand, Julia Froda is j- just a super athletic uh, banger who's been lined up the right opponents to achieve a nine
1: and zero record. Um, yes, I think I actually saw her fight a bit. in, was she in? Did she have Invicta fights? Or am I thinking of somebody I else? No, I don't no, think no so. Maybe fights. her opponent
0: may have, uh, but yeah, her opponent has a bunch of Invicta fights. In fact, she fought Angela Hill.
1: Yes, uh, and in, she uh, won. And is, she lost a split decision to Hill. That,
0: that was her one. I think that was her one lost period. As a matter of fact, yeah. Um, and uh, oddly enough, her highest level opponent. Um, well, Angie's. A,
1: dude, she can kickbox with anybody. Yeah, and, and it was a
0: close split decision, mind you. Uh, at this point. Um, Souza was the champion in Invicta and Angela Hill actually took that title from her in the great run that Hill had in Invicta before mm-hmm. coming back to the UFC um, I give the edge here to the more technical more experienced more, more savvy uh Souza, who, by the way, her, her nickname is Brazilian Gangster, and I think that's well, pretty. It's gangster.
1: funny because the thing I, I think she looks like Snoop from The Wire. So
0: I see it. You're you're so right, and that is one of my favorite uh, TV characters of all time. Um, I give this. I give the edge to Souza here. I think she's she's been there. She's been through the fire. She's more proven. Um, she's she's. I think if she gets this to the ground, she should have pretty decisive edge. As long as she can keep mm-hmm. uh, her opponent from exploding and and uh, and, and creating uh, just a quick scramble that allow her to get up. Uh, I favor uh, Lavinia Souza, the Brazilian gangster here, by I'll say decision.
1: Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. I'd love to pick against you here, but I can't. So sure. we'll see what happens in the next in the next pairing. So talk to me, Hernandez versus Perez or uh, Perez.
0: So Her- Hernandez, uh, my initial thought was to favor Perez in this one. Um, I, I, I'm still not fully, fully committed to, to either guy here. Mm-hmm. I saw some tape on Hernandez, and even though he's finished the majority of his opponents just with, with uh, athleticism, intensity, with dynamism, he's got power in his hands. He likes to put the pressure on. He has a, a pretty solid guillotine choke. It concerns me a bit that he's willing to drop for it and, and, and kind of uh, give up top control for it. Um, I, I, I think there might be something about Hernandez that might be special. I'm going to side with him closely here. I do think Marcos Perez is a solid fighter. I think the two uh, opponents that he's lost to are, are nothing to be ashamed of when you list guys like Eric Anders and Andrew Sanchez, mm-hmm. both of whom I think uh, are, are pretty solid prospects in their own right. I'm going to give the edge to Hernandez because I think he might be uh, potentially a solid prospect and, uh, and give him the, the edge here. Pro- I mean, Perez doesn't get finished a whole lot, but Hernandez is a finisher. One thing I will say, if Hernandez had seven, he's 7-0. And if he had seven first-round finishes, I probably wouldn't have gone with him. I like that he has a five-round decision in there in a title fight. I think mm-hmm. maybe an LFA um, on top of all of his finishes. He's been 25 minutes against uh, an opponent who I think had a pretty solid record, something like 10-2 and when they fought. So I'm giving uh, Hernandez the edge here, although I think Marcus uh, Perez is a solid fighter. And
1: I'm going to go with Perez by submission in the second.
0: I like it. Uh, that I way mean, we'll get
1: a little a li- we'll get a little uh,
0: more competition
1: going on. So another another uh, women's fight: uh, Mara Romero Barea versus Talia Santos. Talk to me.
0: Um, I uh, I haven't done a whole lot of research on this bout. Um, I'm gonna check my notes quickly because I did write down some things on it. Um, we've got an 11-5 American top team fighter in Mara Romero Barella who. She's had some losses. She lost her last bout to Caitlyn Chugagin, who kind of, if I remember correctly, just kind of did her thing where she kept her yeah. distance and, and didn't really let her come in and, and land any, uh, any, anything meaningful. Um, Talia Santos is 15-0. Clearly a prospect. I don't think she has the highest level of competition, although I, I may be mistaken about that. She had a decision win in Dana White's, uh, uh, Dana White's contender, contender series. series. And quite frankly, a whole row of finishes leading up to that. I think she's got three decisions uh, out of her 15 wins. Um, I'm going to give her the edge just because she seems to figure out a way to win.
1: And they tend to set up those. They tend to set up people from that show with a winnable first fight. They do. That's although although those people from that show
0: don't tend to win. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. They tend to lose their UFC debuts because they're. I, I would disagree with you. I actually think they sometimes put those guys in. It's almost like they're. Their gimme fight is on the contender series, and they put those guys into the fire often enough. Yeah, also the Malley on one.
1: Yeah. Well, there was that. Who was? What was the one that we just saw? There was a guy. Oh, the guy that fought Uriah Hall, who looked great until he didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's that's another example. Uh, that John Jones' training partner, who's Devin something maybe. Uh, John Jones' training partner, who who unfortunately couldn't keep from getting a big shot from Hall. Um, who do you have in this one, Nick?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Santos by decision.
0: All right, same page there.
1: The next yeah. fight is going to be interesting because Tiago Alves is fighting in his hometown. Tiago Alves, who um, co-main evented UFC 100. Wow. Tiago Alves, who knocked out Caro Parisian with a knee. Tiago Alves, oh, who Christ. ended the Matt Hughes dream. Tiago Alves, who floored uh, Josh Koscheck with a brutal, brutal knee. Who was considered the biggest welterweight on the planet at the time. That's right. Physically. And he's had a tough, you know, a tough, t- goals, like- a tough go of it. Great, great Thai boxing. Um, strong guy. The story of his career is like his uh, Martin Campman fight, which where he was just tuning up Campman with creative shots and combos. And you know, Campman's a great kickboxer, very technical, and sometimes I think gets in very his own hittable. Head. I agree. Very hittable. And snatched defeat from the jaws of victory by getting caught in a, a last-minute guillotine that I think, had he not lost his cool, maybe could have defended against. But he's he went he went from a uh, a superstar pre UFC 100 to kind of a journeyman, and uh, you know, ten years later, here he is on the undercard fighting Max Griffin, and he's the underdog at, at plus 170. Um, so I I just. I think that the, I think this is despite it being in his hometown. Unless there's a uh, a real hometown decision, I just don't think he's got anything really left to give against uh, an opponent of this caliber.
0: I actually think Thiago's gotten a little bit more technical. I don't think, um, I think mentally there are some lapses there, and I think there always have been. I think he used to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, even though he's never, I don't think, popped for steroids, has he? He's absolutely, like, there, there's a time in his life when he looked like a very different person with a lot less body fat and a lot more
1: veins. A lot of the top um, fighters and from and in Brazil. Was,
0: <laughs> you're right about that. But, but, but that happened to coincide with his biggest, the best win streak, and he hasn't looked the same since USADA. Granted, he had his had a decent amount of miles on him by the time USADA came around. And he is 1-4 and four in his last five fights, dating back to May 2015. Um, I've got um, I've, I've got uh, Max Griffin in this bout as well. Max Griffin's got he does a lot of work with his footwork. He's just constantly moving around the ring, and, and he does. He's young enough, and he has the cardio for it for the time being. He's got a big reach advantage over Tag Alvarez. He's got a solid, solid right hand. By the way, he is a training partner of uh, Anthony Hernandez, who I picked earlier against Perez. Huh. Um, he, Max Holloway's another guy with a solid, solid right, right hand. Max Griffin. I'm sorry, Max Griffin. Um, Holloway
1: um, is not on the undercard of UFC Fortaleza. You're you're right about that,
0: (laughs) and rightfully so. Um, uh, I think think it's, for me, it's fairly clear-cut. The the biggest factor being Max Griffin having a lot less miles on him. Uh, The fact that Max Griffin has overcome uh, odds not in his favor before, and he's even a favorite here. And the fact that Max Griffin has got multiple inches of height and reach on Alves. Max Griffin, I think, takes a decision, and Alves will look somewhat uninspired.
1: So we're low on time, so for these last one, two, three, four fights, let's just call out our picks. Do you have um, the, the man who fought in a diaper, Junior Albini, um, or...
0: How, Rose and strike, which to me sounds like like a Brazilian Jewish name. Yeah, I was going to say Brazilian if, Russian. If, if, if that exists. Um, uh, I've got Albini in this one. From what I understand, Jarzinho has something like 80... Kickboxing bouts, so he's certainly an experienced guy, and he's undefeated in MMA at six and zero, with uh, every but one being a knockout. Uh, he's got that one uh, decision; it was a split decision win against a uh, actually a fairly solid prospect, Andrei Kovalov, who's got a uh, who had a nine zero record leading into that bout. I'm gonna give the edge to Albini here, just because Albini should have enough of a ground game to to put Jarzino uh, in trouble. Jarzino seems to have a style where uh, he's got he's got excellent stand-up if he's, in a, if he's in a kickboxing bout, but I think he's afraid of the wrestling and the grappling mm. when he's in an M- MMA bout, too afraid to really take full advantage of his kickboxing. I don't think Albini's anything special, but I think he should you have know. enough ground game here to... to I mean, I game. think this...
1: I honest, yes, and I think the, I think this fight comes down to his beard because he fought Arlovsky, he fought Tim Johnson. Um, I don't... I, I don't see him getting knocked out here, and I think he gets the win unless he gets knocked out.
0: Yeah, same page here. Although I will say, uh, yeah, you're right. He he's he's got a submission loss, but never been knocked out. A Couple he's, of submission yeah, losses. Couple of submission losses. And you
1: almost can't count the the choke against the Ezekiel choke guy. Oh man, because that guy. It's it's it's. <laughs> it's, it's, getting, getting, it's, it's Ezekiel getting, it's choke to, Godzilla.
0: You're right, but it's getting to a point where it's hard not to blame guys for that. Like Mark Hunt getting ruined and Choke by him is one thing, but do not clinch with that man he will choke you on the way down. And yeah. do, not, do not lay on top of him as he lays, as he gives you a mount, <laughs> as he has his arms around your neck. So, yeah, we, we agree here about Albini.
1: Yes, and uh, Philippe Calares or Geraldo de Freitas. I'm probably butchering that. Uh, I'm going to take the underdog of Philippe Calares by decision.
0: I will take de Freitas, uh, if only to, to, to have some variance. In the
1: picks. <laughs> I think in the next fight, Ricardo Ramos against, say, Nurmagomedov. I'm not going to pick against Nurmagomedov ever. Because c- Khabib might hear about it.
0: I, I, I hear you. They, I understand you. they're so why family you, friends. but Why do not, you, not, 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 you say <laughs> that? Why do you say that, Stan? <laughs> this number one bullshit. I, sma- I smash you. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go with Ricardo Ramos here. I, I, I've i watched some tape on both of these guys. I'm a big believer in Ramos. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not sure that Norma Vamero deserved to win uh, his UFC debut against... Um, who was it that he fought?
1: That was a gimme. That was a... A gift decision. I, I remember. I'm not going to pick against him.
0: <laughs> fair that, that that last name holds some power. Uh, he won a decision against Justin Scoggins, who's actually a pretty crafty, pretty yeah, solid yeah. fighter. I thought he did not deserve the decision uh, for some reason. It was a unanimous one.
1: And that that was one that I remember. The commentators were like, "That's bullshit." <laughs> whoever, I, I, whoever, I think, whoever was calling think, that fight, I think, I think it might have right. been Dan Hardy, but whoever was calling that fight called. Yeah,
0: I, I believe you're. I believe you're. Right be right about that. on it, um, but so, I'll pick so, him
1: and see what happens.
0: Great. We have some variants in that bat as well. Uh, again, from the, uh, from the uh, footage that I've seen on Ramos, he is solid. Uh, he's offensively talented. He's got the height. He's got the reach. He's got the explosiveness. He's got the willingness to finish. Big believer in that guy. Next.
1: The biggest uh, odds differential disparity. on the disparity on the entire card, uh, Magomed uh, Bibulatov, Bibilat, B- a minus 470 favorite against Rogerio Bontorin. Uh, or Bontorin, we'll find out. I'll find out how to say it tomorrow night um, or Saturday night. I should say, I'm not going to pick against a, a minus 470 favorite. So I'll go with the um, where, it, where is where is from? Is he a Dagestani fighter?
0: Um, I, I, I'm not sure to be honest with you. I'm going to go ahead and, and say yes and, and assume that he is part it's of. He's either
1: that. Dagestani or yeah. Uh, uh, no, he's Chechen. He's part of Ahmad right. Fight Team, which is, right. is the fight team that's uh, I believe is sponsored by. Um, Remsen, Remsen, right. Remsen Counteroff yeah, the, the dictator. So again, I, yeah, I picked, I picked, I picked Nurmagomedov out of fear and I'll do the same thing with Magomed.
0: Um, it's it's not as much out of fear because I don't expect <laughs> to be back in that part of the world anytime soon. Although I, I, I was born in the, in Soviet, Uzbekistan. Um, I, I've got the same pick here. Uh, I think Bibulatov had uh, a rough go against John Moraga where he got knocked out in his second UFC bout. Um, I think he should be able to take this bout. I don't know much about his opponent, Rogerio. Uh, but they do share identical records at 14 and one, which is damn impressive, uh, even if you're beating up on some mid mid-level uh, local fighters. I'm it's his UFC. It's his
1: UFC debut.
0: You, you're right. He had one of those quick, uh, relatively quick uh, finishes on Dana White's uh, contender series, um, and uh, and now he's making his UFC debut. Rogério is against uh, what looks like a, a pretty serious prospect.
1: Um, Interesting politically that the UFC is taking fighters from uh, Akmat. Uh, yeah, Fight Club. But I mean, I don't want to, you know, get too judgmental. But the, there's a terrific writer on Bloody Elbow, um, whose name escapes me right now, who, who covers. I don't know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, Kareem, Kareem's. Uh, anyway, um, there's. Go to Bloody Elbow, and you can find lots of terrific pieces on uh, Russian Russian MMA. Um, Stan's mm-hmm. gonna look it up real quick right now. Doesn't look like it's coming up. we'll, we'll have to get back to that. <laughs> it. But, but but I but but I. But he you know, co- yeah he covers he covers the region and and the, and the collision uh, and relationship between politics, uh, the military and fighting,
0: which are all very much interlinked in that. Yeah, in Chechnya and, and
1: Dagestan, uh, mm-hmm. as well. And what, what blew my mind was when I mean Katarov has been in charge. He's about my age. I think he's actually exactly my age, and which is almost uh, forty three. And he's been in power for a very long time. And sorry, Kadyrov, Remzim Kadyrov, the I see. I don't. I, I don't.
0: I don't know if I it, remember his last
1: name. Uh, and there were UFC fighters, Verdum, mm-hmm. Mir, Chris Weidman, who flew out there to be his guest. Um, and he's willing while, to pay for that, by the uh, way. Yeah. While well, while his you know kind of his uh, his track record was very was very very public. So all those guys had to do was Google it. <laughs> so no and they all made the choice but, to go but,
0: but you know what for for ufc fighters even at the highest level it's tough to say no to a, a couple hundred grand life-changing money when yeah. you're not really getting paid that a lot of these guys for actually competing and putting your life on the line yeah um ramzan kadyrov is getting sponsored by putin and is very very friendly toward him understandably. Yes. and uh and he's running things as as putin would prefer um and and he's he's a big big MMA fan who supports the arts and and apparently uh, is a is 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 somewhat of a supporter of uh, of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, definitely, and he puts sport.
1: huge money into into the sport. I think in the fight team. He also had the he had those, including his son. He had the kids fighting MMA a couple of years ago. Remember the little kids? Yes. He caught some he caught some grief for that. So while I re, while I respect his fandom. <laughs> Just to give you
0: guys an idea of, of, uh, of what this guy has done, from what I understand, he gathered up all of the known uh, uh, gay people in the country and slaughtered them, from what I understand. Uh, so not a very good guy, uh, a supporter of our sport, but, but not somebody we'd want to, to, yeah. to And more to specifically, the fight
1: us. team, um, the, the, the founder, I believe, of the fight team that Magomed uh, Bibuladov uh, competes under.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the, the way it works is these MMA fighters are all kind of a personal gang. Uh, they're, they're kind of your collectors and you're kind of the mob boss in, in that scenario. And, and that's how it works over there. Great card. Very much looking forward to it, Nick. Yeah. Uh, this was a fun conversation. And you know what, Nick? I need to get a win over you. I can't we'll, go over to... We'll see what happens.
1: I pick some underdogs. So we'll be back We'll be back next week to talk about Whitaker uh, versus Gastelum. And spoiler alert, title change, Bobby Knuckles going down. You'll you hear more about so, it next huh? week. I think so. And we can, oh, argue, about that. That. Well, <laughs> we can argue about it. We can argue about it next week. Bye-bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening.